0: The start On on demand.
1: The discussion on masks continues to grow as the Winnipeg airport now says masks are mandatory indoors as of Wednesday is a time we all just start wearing masks. Breakfast with the Bombers. We asked Doug Brown, will there be football this year? We also speak to a woman who tells us that someone is stealing her flowers, so she's installed a security camera to try to catch them. Global News Morning host Gabrielle Marchand joins us for a quick visit. And after learning about Macbeth Park and its old cottonwood trees on Monday, today we want to know, do you have a favourite spot for trees? Or maybe you have a specific tree you call your favourite. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and a vacationing Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, July 28th podcast for The Start. In and McGarry round two at 201 Portage McNab's on vacation by the way she'll be back next week Greg how are you
0: sir I'm doing well Brett but I gotta tell you I really wish I was there with you this morning yeah. I got a look at the studio yesterday afternoon oh my gosh did they ever do an incredible job what a space for work what an inspiring space to be in and why aren't you here well, I was—I got permission to come in today from the powers that be, but last night I was watching a little bit of television, trying to relax and stay off Twitter. And a little bit of a tickle in my throat, and so I took a Neo Citrin, which uh, is usually my go-to if I feel a cold coming on, and I feel better this morning. But I get a little bit of a Neo hangover, but I didn't want to take any chances at all with. Uh, what's going on out there right now so i figure it'd be safer for me just to stay at home at least today okay yeah
1: that uh you finally get the green light and then, yep and then you're not always it. the way <laughs> Yeah, we've got this. So we've got this big sheet of plexiglass from rock glass window security system, unbreakable in the middle of uh, our table here. Uh, so the uh, we've got three computers sort of in a triangle and uh, the idea is that we would sit on either side of that glass. So so maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, if you're not under another
0: neo, Did you call it a neo hangover? A Neo hangover, those <laughs> things, they knock me out. I don't know why I take the nighttime formula. Obviously you don't want to take the daytime one cause it helps keep you awake. And, uh, that's just always been my go-to, but I don't take a lot of medicine. And so when I do take it, it really works for me.
1: So. Okay. Yeah, usually uh, my medicine uh, comes from either Captain Morgan or Bacardi, so we'll just leave it, leave it there. I've never actually had Citron, so if you say it oh, knocks you out, it's something I should try. What is it even? Like, what do you do with
0: it? Is it something you mix in with hot water? Exactly. It's a powder, and then you, yeah, it's just like making instant coffee, essentially. You pour <laughs> the crystals into the cup, and you pour the hot water, you give it a little bit of a stir, and uh, you sip away. And uh, there's different formulas, different flavors. I'm a lemon guy, but they have all sorts of different flavors. And, uh, yeah, it works for me. There's some people who it doesn't work for at all. But uh, count me as somebody who endorses Neo Citroen.
1: No, I got to tell you – being up on this 30th floor, looking out uh, to the, the west and uh, northwest, seeing the sun starting to rain down on the various buildings, that is making me happier. And if you want to see pictures and video, by the way, go to our 680CJOB Instagram. We post, I posted a bunch of stuff on our story yesterday morning, and then I transferred it just to our main feed uh, so you can see our views and see our studio. And I took some video this morning of the control room. But uh, this morning, I got off to a cranky start because, as I Mentioned yesterday, if you missed it yesterday, I'm no longer driving to work. I just I'm taking a cab and then I just walk home because I live in Osborne Village. It's a 20 minute walk, so I'm already paying 140 bucks for my parking spot at home. I don't want to have to pay another 200 bucks for a parking spot here, especially when I can get that forced exercise after every shift. But uh, I get in the cab and the guy was driving so. Slow, like we were on Broadway and I am positive that he was dry. Like he slowed down as we were approaching a green light just to hit the red light. That's my, I guess Mm. uh, just a theory. It's just speculation. Uh, But uh, I I, I said to him as we're sitting there, I'm I'm kind of in a rush uh, because I was running a little behind uh, and he says, okay. And then he starts going and again, he's slowing down. As we're approaching the green lights, like to like almost 30 kilometers an hour. And I said, are you slowing down to try to hit more red lights? And uh, and then he slowed down even more and turned around and said, I'm sorry, sir. What was that? And I said, the light's green, man. Like, go. So um, anyway, I was frustrated when we got, uh, by the time I got to work. And then I walk into 201 Portage, and they're doing extensive work in their lobby. And I was met by uh, a construction crew of about, I, I don't know, I bet you a dozen people. I was oh, not, boy. And they had to stop what they were doing so I could go up the elevator. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> boy, quite the start to your day. So you uh, made a new friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you you didn't offer him the full-time position as chauffeur. No, no. Based on that interaction. <laughs> I, so, did yeah, I did yeah. not. I the I'm, the time is one thing. Hey, I'm curious. What's the what's the cost of the cab from uh 9 from bucks. home to there. 9 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. No, no, it's not bad at all. Uh
1: so I mean uh, I would I would happily walk to and from work but walking to work at 3:30 in no. the morning no i wouldn't let you feasible. do that yeah, mm-mm, mm-mm, I would come and pick you up instead. Oh, my goodness. I would never, ever expect you to do that. Uh, although it's not an
0: expectation. It's an offer. Okay. Anytime, Brett. Well, Anytime. Still,
1: still, I appreciate that very much. So coming up today, we have, of course, pizza to give away. Santa Lucia pizza. Because we had issues with our phones yesterday, we learned when we did our giveaway, as we work out the kinks, that we couldn't take a whole whack of calls. Like we cracked open the phone lines and we were only able to get two calls in at a time. So that didn't work for the giveaway yesterday. So we're going to do it on text today at 204-780-6868. Maybe we'll award the winner at 915 because we are going to have a conversation at 645 based on something that Brent Bellamy was telling us about yesterday. He vi- What was the name of the
0: park he visited? Macbeth Park? Macbeth Park. It's in east west, kildonan west just k. south of kildonan park correct uh west k i think he said yeah oh west k yes of course it's on the other side of the river hello yes West <laughs> <Kildona>. thank you <laughs> what was it the oldest cottonwoods in all of winnipeg yeah i think uh he said uh that they were like 138 years old some of these trees wow Now i don't know how you know that they're that old without cutting them down uh, hopefully nobody's doing that <laughs>
1: Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is on vacation. We want to have a conversation right now. About trees, because yesterday we had a chat with Brent Bellamy, who is an architect. He is an urban columnist. We talked to him about Portage in Maine 101, and he gave us some really interesting history about this building, 201 Portage, about the building within the building. But we also chatted with him about something he did over the weekend, because he posted a video on his Twitter account where he was biking through Macbeth Park, which has the oldest cottonwoods in Winnipeg. It's a park in West Kildonan. Uh, So we just got to think, you know, let's have a chat about trees. Like, do you have a favorite neighborhood in which you like to walk? Do you have a favorite park because of the trees? Or maybe you have a specific tree. And you can text us at 204-780-6868. Tell us a story. And then at 9.15, we're going to give away a Santa Lucia pizza to one of those texters. So... Let's go around the horn here. We have Jeff Braun with us. We have Jeff Fortier. Is Kelly Moore with us today? Yesterday we had some problems.
0: I uh, know I am indeed. We are back on track.
1: Right on, man. Well, why don't we start with you, Kelly?
0: You know, I've always loved that trade area just when you walk across the bridge at the uh, BDI. Uh, I've always th- It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of when I was growing up as a kid on the West Coast, uh, of the Stanley Park area. So not only does it become one of my more favourite spots in my adopted hometown of Winnipeg, but it also kind of takes me back down memory lane as well.
1: And uh, Jeff Forte, do you have a spot?
2: Well, actually, I live uh, East Kildonan and uh, North Kildonan. There's so many
0: beautiful trees around that area that like, you go with any off-street, off Henderson Highway, and you get this canopy of trees. So when you're walking on a hot day, it blocks out the sun. But there's
2: also a negative to that. It's the worms. When they're, when they're dropping down from the trees, uh, it was a couple of months ago. It was just un- unbearable. I had to uh, stay on Henderson Highway for my walks. But, uh, yeah, it, it, beautiful area. And I also live on uh, an eighth-story apartment. So I can, I'm can. i just above the trees, So you can see... Trees forever, and it's it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, the cankerworms can be problematic for sure. I think the very first time I ever visited Wellington Crescent, for example, was right in the middle of cankerworm season, and I felt like I had entered the apocalypse. It was, mm-hmm. it was gross. What about you, G
0: Well, you know, uh, like Kelly, uh, I did not live in British Columbia nearly as long as Kelly did. But I remember one summer I came home in August. And uh, living in Vernon, it's sort of a semi-arid climate there. Not a ton of trees, even though you don't have to drive too far to be in the middle of beautiful forest land uh, uh, up on the mountains. But Vernon itself is kind of a desolate place at times and very not green at all, kind of brownish. And when I came home in August and those canopy of elm trees man when you aren't in it for a long time you come back to winnipeg and you see that canopy of elm trees it is overwhelmingly beautiful and uh i would have to say just the the pleasure that our trees gave us growing up in the West End, uh, running around them, serving as first or second base on our impromptu and makeshift ball diamonds. And in my neighbourhood now, we moved here 10 years ago and the trees were not mature at all. Well, in a decade, our little neighbourhood here in North Kildonan has gone from sort of a new suburb feel to feeling very Winnipeg, and, and that's all because of the trees. Jeff Braun. Assiniboine Forest, row four, third tree from the left. That's the best tree
3: in the
2: city. No, I'm just kidding. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) For me, uh, similar to Greg, except that I don't get to enjoy the trees because where I grew up in Altona, we were, at the time, a very new street in the town, and my dad and mom and the other neighbors all planted like saplings in the front yard. And they're like, well, this is going to pay off in 30 years. And it's paying off now, but I haven't lived there in 25 years. So when I do go back to town, I like to drive down my old street. And it looks entirely different than it did from when I grew up there. But uh, I feel good for the people that get to live in old Westwood Crescent in Altona right now because they got a lovely bit of canopy going on.
1: Yeah, that's uh, something I even notice now when I, whenever I visit Transcona. Like, it always had trees, but uh, I lived in, I guess, when I, uh, when I grew up, the, the neighborhood I was in was new-ish. So the trees were all kind of small. Um, and now they're starting to, like they, they're, they've they essentially sort of engulfed. Like they, they it's, as it's been described, it's like a canopy when you drive down the street. The trees are hanging over top, just like they do in River Heights. Scott texting us saying, did I know that you were going to ask for a photo of a favorite tree photographed this tree yesterday that came down in the storm in the Lac Dubonny area and uh, sorry the my screen just jumped the Lac Dubani area on Saturday the rising sun was peeking through the trees yesterday right at about the break of 10 feet up collectively all the trees are favorites losing any is sad for me uh, I think one of the reasons why I chose like I lived on Corden. For five years, I moved to St Boniface, but I wanted to come back. Once uh, I had to move out and, I, and come back, I decided I got to go back to that general area, be it Osborne Village Court and Crescentwood, River Heights. I used to walk to work sometimes when uh, w- Greg, when you and I worked in the afternoon, I would walk to work uh, up Wellington Crescent, and uh, right. yeah, it's just uh, the, I, I find the trees to they're like they're so they're really good for my. For my mental wellness, I don't, I don't know if there, there's some science to that, but I just, I, I dig the trees, man.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, we're we're pretty we're pretty blessed in this part of the world, and uh, so to our forefathers who thought ahead and planted these trees, uh, thank you. This is a great text from Bill. The old saying is the best time to plant a tree is thirty years ago. The next best time to plant a tree is today.
1: Liz saying, I live downtown Winnipeg Beach. I have a huge elm on my front lawn that provides the only shade on Murray Avenue. Prime parking spot. I met a local senior fellow who told me his grandfather planted that tree. The house was built in 1907. Nice piece of local history still growing strong. So that is cool. And then Amanda saying, my favorite trees have to be palm trees. Nothing better than being in Florida and having lunch under some swaying palms. I also love seeing trees that have been twisted while growing. I have seen many twisted by wind, still healthy and growing in spite of the wind. They look so neat. When I was a kid, we used to take poplar bark and make little canoes out of it for playing with in the kiddie pool. Nature is amazing. Keep those stories coming at 204-780-6868. As we mentioned, a pizza is up for grabs. A large two topping pizza from Santa Lucia. Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is back next week. We'll add another M into the mix in a moment. Masks. Before that, Greg, having that conversation about trees in our last hour, a discussion on trees. And... Kristen has gone hyper-specific. She says, favorite tree? Ha! I must have 50 favorite trees. I only have one favorite branch, though. A favorite branch. This, it was one that reaches over a deer field. When there was that big storm last year, I was terrified. It was lost to the ice. I cleaned it off as carefully as I could and made, uh, so, and got some arborists to inspect it when it was my turn with them. And <laughs> this
0: picture of this tree has a peacock in the tree. Did you notice that? I did not notice the peacock. Let me scroll back up and zoom in on this. Oh, now I did? I. You know, it's funny when your eye is not trained to something, it just looked like that branch had a had a funky curve in it. Of course, I see the peacock now. It's all I can see. It's like that arrow in the FedEx logo. Once you see it, you'll never unsee it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. An amazing picture. So keep that. Keep the text messages coming on your favorite, be it treed neighborhoods or your favorite park, or if you have a specific tree, tell us a story about oh. it, and we'll give away a pizza at 915 for Santa Lucia.
0: COVID 19 pictures of their trees, too. Sorry, Brett. No, I just, no. uh, that's just, I love when people go this extra mile to share their stories with us. There's one here that uh, one of our listeners has, has sent us, Karen, and she says they have a seven trunk clumping birch. They figure it's about 30 years old, and she's sent a picture of it. It's a gorgeous tree. Uh, unfortunately the ash borer beetle has found its way into this just absolutely oh, no. breathtaking tree Oh man I hate to hear that
1: Yeah, hopefully it, they, hopefully it isn't completely lost um, and then one more here before we move on uh, a listener sending us a picture of a tree at Shooter's Golf Course which was taken during their first 18 holes ever 16th hole at Shooter's on Main Street what they think would be the biggest tree in Winnipeg and uh, yeah it's a beast I'd, I've only been to that golf course once once. Don't remember the tree, but it is a monster. It looks like it's got two trunks that just go up into the sky. So keep that series of text messages coming, and we'll continue that discussion through the morning here on The Start, as we are at 201 Portage. COVID-19 cases have continued to climb in recent days, with another six announced yesterday. To the west, Saskatchewan and Alberta are seeing sharp spikes, and that has health officials here reconsidering 14-day self-isolation restrictions. Global's Marnie Blunt has more.
2: Reinstating the 14-day self-isolation rule for travelers to the West isn't off the table. That message from Manitoba's top doctor on Monday. Be cautious with your plans, uh, because we're going to do what we need to to protect the health of Manitobans, and so that may result in reimplementation of that uh, uh, those restrictions. And so, uh, be cautious right now when uh, when booking travel, uh, because we you know we could reimplement those. The chief provincial public health officer says of the 16 recent cases, 12 are travel related or contacts of a known case. And cases in western provinces are rising at a more rapid pace, with 31 new cases in Saskatchewan Monday and 304 cases in Alberta over the weekend, prompting Alberta's chief medical health officer to issue this warning on Friday. This needs to be a wake-up call. I am very concerned by these numbers. If we see a significant
4: deterioration happening in, you know, western Canada, we've never said that we wouldn't, uh, you know, reinstate those 14-day isolation requirements. At this point in time, we continue to monitor.
2: Manitoba currently has 74 active cases of COVID-19, a much different position from a few weeks ago when we were down to one active case. But the Chief Provincial Public Health Officer has warned that the situation can change quickly. And he's urging manitobans to continue practicing physical distancing small steps that can go a long way in keeping her province safe marnie blunt global news
0: so just by comparison alberta right now 13 well this is as of friday actually brett there were 1,341 active cases in that province. So yesterday, six new cases bring the total in Manitoba to 400, that's from the beginning of the pandemic. There are now three people in hospital, two of them are in intensive care. Health officials are also warning about a possible exposure at a grocery store in Gull Lake, that's near Patricia Beach. A person who has tested positive for the virus was at the Sherwood grocery store last Sunday Monday, and Tuesday.
1: Meanwhile, a change is on the way for air travellers and visitors to the Winnipeg International Airport. Starting tomorrow, masks will be mandatory for everyone who enters the airport, and they'll need to be worn in all public areas of the terminal. Tyler McAfee with the Winnipeg Airports Authority says the change was inevitable after a recent rise in air travellers. There will be a change. as for people who are just coming into the terminal to meet or greet someone. Uh, they're now
0: required to wear a mask when they come into the terminal because
1: everyone who is in the terminal in that public area is required to wear a mask or a face cover.
0: So aside from the airport right now, masks are not mandatory in Manitoba, but... Dr. Brent Rusen says that could change in the fall.
2: As we move closer to respiratory virus season, masks are probably going to become more and more part of our dialogue and, and getting Manitobans uh, used to, to wearing those in um, indoor environments. Uh, but as right now, we're, we, we don't have any imminent plans to, to mandate
0: so, two questions for us to bat around today. Is it time for masks in all indoor public spaces? And should Manitoba revisit the Western Canada bubble concept and dial things back to where a 14 day sci fi isolation or quarantine period is required for anyone coming to Manitoba, no matter what?
1: Yeah, we've got a text here from somebody saying it is not time for a mask in Manitoba. If there was a higher percentage of illnesses, perhaps, but the risk is low. Use common sense, but not mandatory masks. And I know that there was uh, an attempt to have a protest at Birds Hill Park over the weekend, uh, people protesting against the use of masks. And it's my understanding, a whopping four people attended, including the organizer and their child. So I know that there are still... Uh, people out there who are vehemently against wearing a mask and making it mandatory. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with a mandatory mask if that's the way the province wants to go. I'll get in line. I wore a mask today in my taxi. I didn't do that yesterday. I, I thought, no, oh, you know what I should probably be wearing a mask in these cabs. Um, so I mean I have the masks. I just I, I, when I'm out and about, I try to get in and out of wherever I'm going quickly and I always maintain my distance. but let us know what you think. Do we need to keep this discussion moving? And do we need to be wearing masks? Should it be mandatory in Manitoba as we continue to see more cases? As mentioned, six new cases in Manitoba yesterday. (laughs) Mackling and McGarry McNabb is away on vacation. Listen to this text from Melissa, Greg. My husband grew up in sunny St. James. When we were dating, we drove through Overdale, by Sergeant Sunday, beautiful street. And we both agreed it would be a beautiful street to live on because of the canopy of leaves and branches. My favorite tree, though, is a Japanese lilac. I bought one last year. I love the smell of lilacs in the spring. But unfortunately, like Jeff Braun, when he was a kid, we live in a new development, and it will be years before those trees are big enough for our kids to climb. My husband's favorite is birch, uh, only because of the bark. Very pretty. Have a great morning.
0: Thank you, Melissa. Overdale is amazing. I lived at the corner of Overdale and Portage for oh, about six months or so. Of course, you did. And we lived on uh, we lived on the second floor of the apartment in behind what I think it's called Jack Black Coffee now, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we were fortunate enough to face across to Assiniboine Park and to be able to walk up and down Overdale Street. It is one of the magical streets in Winnipeg, without any question.
1: And you can keep those texts coming at 204 780 6868. Joe Black
0: Coffee Bar. Joe Black. There we go. I was thinking Jack Black from <laughs> from uh, from uh, days of our lives. Oh not Marlena. the actor Jack. Yeah, well yeah, I think that's his character. Marlena. Okay, I think. <laughs> that's right i forgot you watched days of our oh, no. lives it's john black it's oh. <laughs> john black on days of our lives there we go John, john jack we covered all the bases
1: well john jack that's kind of the same i i always forget that you weren't just uh, young and the restless you liked the days of our lives too but uh
0: yeah, yeah until marlena got possessed by the devil the 19th time then i was out the first 18 times were fine but then the 19th time nope i can't handle this i'm out
1: Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on vacation. Joining us again next week. Text message at 204-780-6868. My favorite tree is a tiny evergreen tree I transplanted from Hecla Island. Transplanted it into the yard of my house a couple of years after we moved there. I don't believe the clay soil does it any favors, though, as it hasn't grown in the seven years it's been there. But it's bright green and healthy looking, so I call it a win, and I smile every time I look at it because it reminds me of Hecla and growing up in the interlake. So keep those texts coming on your favorite trees at 204 780 06868 it's an interesting contrast greg as we are in the concrete jungle of downtown now at 201 portage as i look out from the 30th floor at the canopy of trees that is sprinkled throughout the city of winnipeg so that's uh it's a nice healthy sight. so hopefully we can get you in studio here soon so you can enjoy the view as well sir
0: yeah, it's a magical sight from up above. I can remember a buddy of mine coming in from BC and going to the Revolving Restaurant years ago and just his breath was absolutely taken away by the canopy of trees in Winnipeg. And unless you get to see it from up above or, or that perspective, right, is is very special. It's like Winnipeg, when you get to go on the river, you, you sort of see the city in a different light. I know a lot of people like to... Uh, slam winnipeg for lack of better terminology and terminology i can use on the air but uh including one of our listeners who says look uh the trees are beautiful but uh, 10 months of winter come on <laughs> give me a break and, I and said, then you called him on and he says okay 11 months of winter
1: <laughs> hey before we uh do what we normally do at uh, tuesdays at seven thirty-seven, 37 uh, i see that you've harvested a text here from joanne regarding masks and transit
0: well, I think it works into the question of the day. Do you think we should uh, let that run for a little bit here? The Winnipeg Airport is making mass mandatory for everyone who gets inside. Do you think we should do that everywhere, at least until the numbers start going down? That's for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness, 204-832-6243. And here's what Joanne has to say. Recently, I've started taking the bus again, and they're getting crowded. I always wear a mask, but only about 10% of the other people are wearing masks, and there's no possibility of social distancing. The full fleet of buses needs to be back on the streets, and the government needs to make masks mandatory on public transit. Some people only do the right thing when forced to and it is irresponsible not to enforce the guidelines for social distancing. Thanks for that, Joanne.
1: And keep your text coming at 204-780-6868 on whatever the topic is. And right now the topic is... Football! Breakfast with the Bombers brought to you by the Cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. The CFL continues its negotiations on two fronts. As fans continue to ask the question, Greg, will there be CFL football in 2020?
0: Well, as the Winnipeg Jets get ready for their playoffs, I mentioned yesterday I'm excited to watch the games outside on a big TV at a friend's cottage. Well, the friends whose cottage I'm going to texted me almost immediately and said, I could really use some football. Doug Brown is a Canadian football Hall of Fame member, member of the Blue Bombers Ring of Honor, color analyst for the Blue Bomber broadcast, and most importantly, co-host of the Blue Bomber podcast. Good morning, 97. Morning. How are you doing? All right. My friend, where are you? I know you're uh, on the highway somewhere. your you parts unknown? Or are you allowed to specify?
5: Yeah, I know I'm about 40 minutes outside of Brandon. So if this call gets dropped, I apologize in advance. The cell yeah, reception it, out here isn't, isn't exceptional. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trees and, uh, changing, uh, uh, terra firma uh, to blame out there. So could you use a little football right about now?
5: Wow. It's just, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm in denial about the whole uh, thing that's going on. Uh, obviously football should be well underway right now. Um, and it's, it's just, uh, it, it's totally different. It's changed the landscape, right? It's it's an escape. I think that everybody needs, it's a very, welcome, uh, a pastime as an observer, as a fan, as uh, someone that works in the business, it's, uh, you, you find out how important it is, right? It's one of those things when it's taken away from you, you're just like, you don't realize how integral it was in terms of, uh, you know, your spectrum of, of your, your daily life and, uh, you know, how much you enjoy it. Just, uh, just being a fan and, and watching, uh, watching these athletes uh, play a game that is just tremendous. So, uh, it, unfortunately, we're learning the hard way how important sports are and how integral they are to our lives.
1: Do you think we're going to see any football?
5: Well, you're going to see NFL football. I'm not sure about the, the Canadian Football League. Obviously, uh, it's becoming more and more apparent uh, whether the league happens or not is going to be wholly dependent upon whether they get money from the federal government. And uh, it's interesting to just have it hang in that balance and, uh, you know, to be reliant upon that.
0: Doug, Brandon Banks uh, tweeted out last week that he's not interested in coming to Winnipeg for a handful of weeks, uh, essentially two or three months, depending on how far the Tiger Cats would go in the season. He says he's just going to stay home. And I I saw some other players congratulating him on that decision. Have you heard from players around the league and what is their take on, on coming into a bubble situation for an extended period of time? Yeah, I mean,
5: that's the other side of this issue, is the fact that the negotiation between the CFL and the CFL Players Association is, is not concrete yet. And uh, if you're proposing a, a season that is a third of the regular season and then the CFL has been proposing to the Players Association that, therefore, the players get paid a third of what their regular salaries would be, that's not very advertising for a lot of guys, especially American players. Uh, maybe on entry-level contracts that then have to deal with the the, the taxation, the exchange. They're not going home with very much money, especially if they're being asked to to live in a bubble uh, and have their movement restricted and have all these uh, uh, conditions placed upon them when they are in Winnipeg. So... It it needs to be. It's a difficult situation, and uh, so far the CFL has not made that appetizing enough for a lot of the players. I I would not be surprised if a number of guys uh, follow in Brandon Banks's shoes in terms of saying this just isn't worth it to me right now. Doug, definitely the pot the pot needs to get sweeter.
1: Doug, a lot of people were not. Cool with the idea of Winnipeg being the hub city. They don't want hundreds of people coming in from the outside. Where do you fall in that?
5: Yeah, you know, it it comes down to what protocols and conditions are put in place. And uh, you know, it was a little, a little bit unsettling to hear, you know, from from one source that. Players weren't going to be tested till they got here, and then that was quickly corrected after the fact by, by another source that, no, they have to be tested before they come and quarantined to an extent. I think it would be a lot easier for people to digest if there was a clear set of defined and mandated protocols or rules and regulations Uh, for American players that were going to come here that would ensure that obviously the population here would be protected and all the hard work people have done in terms of social distancing and keeping those numbers low to make sure that wouldn't be in jeopardy. So I think that is on uh, the the CFL and uh, the local government just to really uh, be clear on what those measures and and protective uh,
0: contingencies will be
5: Uh, to make sure that that the population here doesn't have any any chance of exposure.
0: Well, you haven't dropped off the call yet, uh, Doug. So uh, real quick here, and I know you could talk about this man for hours at a time, never mind 90 seconds or so, but Richard Harris, your former coach, passed away nine years ago on Sunday. I'm sure I don't have to remind you of that. Give us an idea of the influence that Richard Harris had on your life.
5: Summarize that would be uh, quite difficult to do. He was just uh, he was such an amazing and incredible. uh, The way he you know he he took his NFL background, his uh, first round draft pick pedigree, and his time spent in the NFL. The way he was able to share that with players was one thing, but he made an even bigger impression, I think, on players with how he interacted with them off the field and the kind of family um, that he. really created around himself i think when we lost richard harris it was it wasn't just a a winnipeg thing it was a league-wide thing and that really resonated across the cfl from coast to coast
1: doug brown joining us live on 680 cjob for breakfast with the bombers doug thank you very much sir we appreciate the time as always
5: hey no problem guys thanks for having me on
1: Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is back next week. Text message from Arthur at 204-780-6868 saying, Brett, no need to apologize for drop scripts. In case you're just tuning in at 819, we did our business conversation and I always grab the notes from the, that are emailed to us and drop them into our script so that Greg and Loren can see and I didn't do that because I realized I forgot to do something else so I was in the middle of doing that and I completely dropped the ball and set Greg up uh, for disaster uh, so apologies to you Greg but Arthur says no need to apologize perhaps you could even walk us through some of the new tech challenges that COVID and this move required uh, your audience might be interested in the complexity of the digital button push. Well, just very quickly, everything is new, so we're all getting used to new stuff here. I mean, the basics are the same, but where the buttons are... Forte is learning and master control, sort of trial by fire. Forte, by the way, has the hot seat. The, the hottest seat in the building belongs to the operator of 680 CJOB. So Jeff Forte, great work in there. Producer Kyle. So
2: many buttons.
0: <laughs> like so many buttons. I don't know where to start. Press them all, Jeff. Just, just, <laughs> just press them all. Let's see what happens.
1: What happens if you pour your coffee on the
0: board? That's a great idea. <laughs> producer.
1: I <try>. was- <laughs> <laughs> how do you mean his? Producer Kyle's in there as well. He just handed him the coffee. Here's another challenge uh, in our particular studio. Normally, we always say said Forte was on the other side of the glass. We had a window separating our two rooms, a control room in the studio. Well, we don't have that anymore. We only have a monitor, so I can't even look directly at Jeff. Oh, there he is. He's looking at the camera so I can now gaze into his eyes. But yeah, so we've lost that connection as well. So that's going to be an interesting challenge as we get used to our new studio here at 201 Portage. But, hey, we're going to we make mistakes. We make mistakes every day. So <laughs> we're just going to make more of them this week.
0: Nah, nah, that, that was that was, uh, that was innocent. And of course, on top of everything else, when you put that note and those notes into the script because of our the distance involved. I wasn't really panicking because sometimes it takes a while for it to show up. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. It wasn't. Then I realized that maybe it wasn't coming at all. So and of course I went back to find uh, Brant's email that he sends out to both of us, and I picked yesterday's email instead of today's email to reference. So uh, we're, we're uh, both in the same boat there, Brett. Uh, couldn't ask for a better captain than you, my friend. Mackling and McGarry
1: stumbling and bumbling since 2016. So today <laughs> we have been soliciting your text messages with your favourite tree stories, your favourite stand of trees, maybe an individual tree, or in Kristen's case, her favourite branch. That's right. We even posted that picture on our Instagram if you want to see that said branch with a peacock sitting on top of it. The tree is complete with peafowl. So yes, summer is short in our part of the world, but we love to make and keep our yards beautiful.
0: Planting flowers and maintaining them is one of the most popular pastimes for Canadians. There's something special about a compliment directed at your garden of flowers. However... There is a line. Shannon Van Rees is a freelance writer in our city and knows how to tell a story. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. Well, somebody really likes your flowers. What's they going do. on?
3: Um, well, for the last eight years, uh, my partner and I have planted zinnias and as much as we love them, uh, it appears that people in the neighborhood love them more. So we, um, we keep losing them. Uh, people are taking them. And we kind of had a personal bet this year wondering, you know, would the pandemic, would all this we're in this together, you know, kind of mood change things? And uh, I've got some disappointing news for you. Uh, it has not slowed down the flower theft at all. Uh, so for all the goodwill out there, people are still coming day and night and uh, taking flowers, if not whole plants.
1: For those, by the way, who, uh, like me, who don't really know much about flowers, I just know what I, you know, when I have to go to the florist to buy a bouquet when I did something wrong. But uh, Zinnia, spelled Z-I-N-N-I-A, these are lovely. They look kind of like pom-poms almost. Uh, so I can, I mean, uh, you know, you don't want to lose your flowers, but I sort of understand why someone would want to take them for themselves. They're lovely.
3: It, it's true, and they're kind of unusual. And the ones we grow, um are sort of our own variety at this point so you're not going to find them in stores or in you know there's some lovely zinnias in front of the legislative buildings but they don't look like ours uh so yeah i think that that people just have this kind of split second reaction and especially when they get tall enough to be at hand height that's when they're most at you know at risk so people do i think it's a split second decision often And they just see them, they think they're beautiful, and they grab them. Of course, we also have some repeat offenders who are a little more sinister. And uh, those are the folks I really wonder about.
0: Well, tell us about this, because I think you've gone to some extraordinary lengths to try and figure out who some of these repeat offenders are. Like, in fact, like over multiple years, you, you think it might be the same person. Very well equipped, Shannon.
3: Yes. Um there's one woman, someone on Twitter yesterday called her my white whale, and I think that's pretty appropriate. At least 3 years in a row she has come uh middle of the night with a tote bag and just gone to town pulling out plants. And I don't know what she does with them. You don't have to be a horticulturalist to know that um, cramming plants uh, in tote bag and walking away is not really the best care strategy. But she keeps coming back, and we we have CCTV footage of her, so we know it's the same woman, and... uh, at this point, I just really want to know why she's doing it. Um, I'd love to, to catch her in the act and just say why. Um, where, where, are all, where are all these plans going? And she's been the one that's really gotten away. Um, we've had the chance to confront other people and ask them, you know, what's up? But this one, we just can't seem to, to nail her down. And we posted a video, or I posted a video on my Twitter uh, from last year. It's gotten about 9,000 views. And no one has been able to identify her. So, it, so she remains a mystery.
1: So if you, do confer- if you are able to confront this person, uh, how aggressive are you prepared to-, to be in said confrontation?
3: I don't know if that's what I want to say on the radio, but um, no, I-, I think I would mostly ask her why at this point. Um, I mean, I've had the opportunity to ask a lot of people, you know, why are you doing this? Stop taking my flowers. And uh, most people are pretty embarrassed when they get caught and apologetic, Uh, But some people are really defiant. Like, the the excuses some folks come up with are remarkable. I found one woman with uh, uh, scissors in my yard with a basket hacking my lilac bush uh, to shreds. And her defense was, flowers belong to everyone. Um, So (laughs) you get some real, you know, colorful excuses. Um, I I hope this woman, if I ever encounter her, has a good excuse. I know... um, If anyone's familiar with the Canadian poet, uh, Brian Brett, he admitted to stealing flowers for several months after being diagnosed with a terminal illness. No one has given me that excuse uh, or that rationale. So, yeah, I would really just love to ask her, you know, why and, of course, tell her very firmly to never come back.
0: Wow. So it's one thing to come with tools and a bag and to clearly be essentially kidnapping these plants for either (laughs) their own use or out of jealousy or something. But I have to ask you just, you know, maybe to give some people, not necessarily an excuse, but maybe a little bit of a break. Where do these flowers grow? Do you have a Fence, and do they grow on the public side of the fence? Is there is there some delineation that gives people the the sense, the feeling that these that these flowers are for everyone and, and not your flowers, Shannon?
3: You know, it's, it's interesting you mention that because some folks do say, well, uh, some of them are next to the sidewalk, so like, well, they they're next to the sidewalk, but they are behind a fence next to the sidewalk. Uh, so I think. Their proximity gives people that that kind of sense that so they can just reach out and and grab them from public property. Although we do find a lot of people, you know, will go past two fences to to come into the yard and take them as well. Uh, we had, in fact, an entire bush dug up and stolen a few years ago. So it, it's interesting. I think the idea of what's public and what's private it does, you know, throw some people. For a loop, but you know, a big excuse that we get from people who who fall into that category are, well, I'm just taking one, and the problem is on a Sunday afternoon, people heading to brunch, you might get 20 people who who come and just take one, uh, and and then they're gone, and they're gone for the season, so. It's a a frustrating struggle to kind of impress upon people that we do want everyone to enjoy them. And and that's why we have them in such a prominent area. But they're better enjoyed, uh, you know, in public next to the fence and not wilting in your kitchen where where they'll die in some sort of uh, vase after a few days.
1: So if we want to follow along in this adventure and get updates on this, are you posting any uh, sort of updates?
3: I have posted uh, one update this year uh, on Twitter. So Twitter, just at Shannon Van Rays. You can uh, see from time to time what's going on and occasionally some photos. There's also a a short video of our white whale. So if you want to see what she looks like and uh, see how she operates, that's the place to go.
1: All right, Shannon Van Rays joining us live on 680 CJOB. They're taking her flowers. Hopefully the, the footage will lead to... A confrontation where you can say stop it. So thanks for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time. Thanks so much, Greg. They really are lovely flowers too, Greg. These uh
0: They're beautiful. Yeah. And like I get it, but come on. And to imagine that people go onto her property and go and take bushes and trees. I wanna know what's the strangest thing you've ever had stolen and have you caught someone in mid act and what's their excuse been oh they're so pretty i just had to have one i, I mean I, I guess there's a compliment in there somewhere but uh, <laughs> boy i'd love to hear from you 780-6868 that's got to be so frustrating man
1: A reminder, we have that large two-topping Santa Lucia pizza to give away in our next segment. We are going to select one of the text messages we have received this morning on trees, whether it's your favorite treed neighborhood, or maybe you have a favorite trail, a favorite park, or maybe you have a favorite tree. Or as we heard from Kristen, she even has a favorite branch on a specific tree, largely because peafowl tend to hang out on, on it. She sent us a picture of a peacock sitting on this tree, and you can see that picture on our 680 CJOB Instagram. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is away on vacation, but we do have another M with us, Greg. Who am I missing out on visiting with now? You are missing out on visiting with one, the one, the only... Host of Global News Morning, Gabrielle Marchand.
4: Yeah, come on, Mackling. I'm here this morning with (laughs) you.
0: Oh, man. You know, and I was so confident I was going to be there today. I even took a sort of a kung fu stance with you. They can't keep me out. I'm, I'm coming here tomorrow no matter what. Well, tickle in the throat. Had to think about everybody else, so I'm not there. So uh, glad to have you in the studio. It'll be great to be neighbors with you, Gabrielle.
4: You know what I have to say that your coworker McGarry set a precedent. He came in in the morning. It's like 3:45 a.m., bleary-eyed, smiling face, and a bag of Doritos. And let me tell you, when your coworker is a salt addict like me, that is how you win them over. <laughs>
0: He had a smile on his face? Hold on now. <laughs> yeah, that is unusual.
1: But hey, I was excited to, to, to see we're finally under the same roof. But yeah, I brought Doritos for Gabby because I know she likes potato chips. Oh, yeah. And uh, you have a stash somewhere in here, don't you?
4: I have a stash of all the junk food. I don't want to tell you where because I'm worried you'll raid my junk food drawer. But I have currently a family-sized bag of chocolate almonds with me. Just to be clear, I have no children. There is just me. I don't even have a pet. But everything I buy is family size when it comes to bad food. So currently, there's some chocolate almonds. There's some chips. a little box of cereal. There's a jar of peanut butter that I sometimes eat by the spoonful. All healthy things here at 201 Portage.
1: I am very jealous. Don't
0: let like, like Kelly Moore find out about your peanut butter. Oh, yikes. Okay.
1: Oh, that's right. Kelly right. loves the peanut butter. But Kelly's working from home, so the peanut butter gets a stay of execution for now. So we're learning, Gabby, of... Well, I'm learning. Greg, uh, hopefully, we'll learn some more tomorrow. But we're learning there of some of the quirks in this building. <laughs> one of them is uh, there's at least one elevator that does not like to close. Uh, is that is that a problem for you or does it just not like me?
4: No, no, no. I think this is a common issue. And let me tell you, when you've had the incident happen a few times, you start to really think about what happens if I get trapped in this elevator. So some advice for you folks. Um, think about what your ideal elevator trap situation outfit would be. Think about having snacks on you. Think about who would come to your rescue. I've thought about all these things on at least a daily basis. Like how long could I be in there? Are the firefighters going to come? Am I going to be rescued? Is it going to be a dramatic situation? Will they have to carry me out of there? Will I have water? Will I be dehydrated? So uh, Mackling, sitting at home, you be prepared Um, for some weird elevator activity.
0: All right. I'm just making a list here. Provisions, (laughs) phone charged. Somehow I don't think I'll be as excited to see the firefighters as you might be. I will be as relieved, but, you know, i you know. (laughs) I do watch friends and I I know that firefighters are very popular with the with the females uh you know from time to time.
4: Hey listen beyond that though I'm this is one more thing to add to the list cuz you never know how long you're going to be in there honestly. I mean who knows. So make sure you're carrying a bed in a bag at all times with you. No pressure.
1: A, a bed in a bag. <laughs>
4: yeah, that Isn't... way if you have to camp out you just Drop in the elevator.
1: You have a bed in a bag? I do. Does, what is it? Is uh, it, like, does it what, like one of those exploding tents where you just throw it down and it goes poof?
4: Oh, that sounds incredible. No, it's just basically your your, your basic quilt, a pillow, a sheet, all the things you need should you be trapped in an elevator. Welcome to 201 Portage, everyone. Mm. Yesterday, we proof
1: of this. yesterday we learned from Brent Bellamy that there is a building with inside, within this building. Oh. Have you... Did you know about this? Narnia.
4: I had no idea. <laughs> how do I get there?
1: We don't know. We're trying to figure that out, Greg. Did you? Did we actually learn from Brent yesterday
0: how to get into this thing? No, but I've had a variety of people reach out to me. You need to get a picture of that bowling trophy. If you go onto my Twitter, GMACWPG, or onto Brent Bellamy's Twitter, he's got a picture of, of this room and he's, he claims this is how it was left. And there's actually a, an empty cup coffee cup and a bowling trophy sitting on one of the desks. And I've told people that my goal is to get my hands on that bowling trophy and reunite (laughs) it with its rightful owner at some point. And so this building, I think is about four or five, maybe six stories in height CNCP telecommunications building, and they just built 201 Portage around this thing. Absolutely incredible endeavor because it's a heart of telecommunications, at least it was at one point in time, for Western Canada and dismantling it and moving those resources somewhere else was going to be next to impossible. So that's sort of the deal that was struck when they developed that property uh, once upon a time.
4: So many questions and I now know what I'm doing for the next six hours after work. This feels like that one time where (laughs) there was a staff bathroom and I didn't know about it and everybody else was using it. But now it's the secret building in the building.
1: The staff bathroom that you didn't know about.
4: That'll happen. You've never had that in a workplace where you're like the one loser who doesn't know about the cool staff bathroom (laughs) and everybody else is using it. Like, thanks, guys.
1: No, that's usually what pretty standard to learn where the staff bathroom was. Where, where were you working when this happened? I
4: mean, like, there's, like, the nice bathroom. There's, like, the bathroom for, you know, me, and then there's the bathroom for everybody else that has the fancy hand soap, But I'm the only one who doesn't know about the cool staff There's bathroom. more than one? <laughs> there's more than one washroom on that floor? Not in this building. Just to be clear, we, we are very, uh, we're kind about our bathrooms, and everybody has equality here.
1: How often do you go to the vending machine?
4: I Uh, I don't I bring my own snacks Family size bags only
1: Yeah The the, the little tiny bags Of Doritos Wouldn't quite cut it What else uh, Are there other other quirks That we should know about Gabriella Marchand
4: Hmm. that's tough to say you know what I, I'd say there's some really good restaurants around lots of opportunities to support really delicious local places like if you're a fan of um, some curry there's a, a place down the street Minas that has incredible roti oh, oh, to die for okay. homemade hot sauce too so lots of little spots around mm. to explore for sure the building itself I mean people are friendly friendliest security guards you will ever meet at 201 Portage delightful people they make my day every day
0: okay so but here's the question of questions we've come in now we've invaded your turf the last 18 months or so have been absolute mayhem and bedlam in terms of renovation to your space in order to accommodate all of us from chorus radio winnipeg that were at polo park is there any animosity at all? Are, 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 like, are we cool here?
4: Let me tell you something, you guys. For a while, this was obviously before COVID. Um, we were working in one room. We moved our whole morning show onto a long table in a boardroom. And when I say long, that's actually exaggerating. We called it the call center because we were all set up in the call center in <laughs> tight quarters, sweating it out because there were so many of us. So there may be a dartboard somewhere with your faces on it. But you know what? I'll put it in the secret bathroom and you won't have to worry about it. <laughs>
0: that's right. Right, I don't know it. where it is. I knew
1: it. <laughs> Gabrielle Marchand, thank you so much for joining us. It was nice. It's nice to be able to see you in person and not just on our television in the studio.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. you guys, I got to get back to my Doritos.
1: Okay. <laughs> Gabby Marchand, she is the host of Global News Morning, which airs six to nine on Global Winnipeg. And indeed. Fair to say. What's Fair that? to
0: say we are the most loyal viewers of that program, Brett McGarry.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We never judge their outfits at all, or anything like that.
0: Never ever. Only kind words for yeah. our friends. On uh, <laughs> well, on well, because she, she's got morning. a
1: makeup room, like she's all dressed up for TV. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. I'm wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm going I'm a scrub. So oh, mm-hmm. here she comes. From.
4: All about the sweatpants on the bottom.
1: That's right. Yeah, the sweatpants are what uh, bring it home. Mackling and McGarry, we want to offer you this temptation. A large, two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia, and you have been feeding us amazing stories all morning long about your favorite trees. We had a conversation about trees... Triggered by a chat we had yesterday with Brent Bellamy, who told us about Macbeth Park in West Kildonan, which has the oldest cottonwoods in Winnipeg. So that just got us thinking about, like, what are our favorite spots for trees, whether it's a neighborhood or a walking trail, or maybe you have a specific tree. Like we had this one uh, picture that was sent, Greg, uh, to 204-780-6868. I'm trying to, I'm scrolling to find it. Here it is at 845 And uh, this one's following Kristen as well. Here is my favorite branch. Usually the witch's broom is at the top of the tree. I've lived here 21 years now, and it's still my favorite tree out of the thousands in my yard. Beautiful picture. Thank you for that. Uh, But Greg, I think our winner is going to be someone who messaged us a little earlier. Uh, It's not the seven sisters. It's the the seven
0: trunks. Yeah. Karen has a, beautiful birch tree. And I think she's getting extra points for including a picture, right, Brett? I think so. Beautiful seven trunked birch, but it does have a little bit of a sad ending Uh, that she tells us that, that the beech borer beetle or the ash borer beetle has attacked this tree and uh, she's concerned that they're going to lose it. But in the meantime, it is a beautiful tree. A beautiful sight to behold. So congratulations to you, Karen. You've won. Our Santa Lucia pizza for today.
1: That's right. She lives in the Deer Lodge hospital area, seven year or seven trunk clumping birch, more than thirty years old, but it has been affected by the the birch boar, and uh it's now, as she puts it, on palliative care. We have just planted a Russian white paper birch and a Manitoba developed maple autumn blaze, both to take over for the clumping birch when it eventually has to be cut down. It's a beautiful neighborhood with quite a variety of trees at different ages. So uh Karen, thank you for the detail. Thank you for the pictures. We're sorry to hear that this tree is going down, but uh, looks like you're going to have a couple more spectacular trees, and you will now enjoy some spectacular pizza courtesy of Santa Lucia, which we have another one to give away tomorrow. You can also win one on social media if you follow us at 680CJOB on Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook. And as we heard in the promo just moments ago, tomorrow,
0: Greg, we launch the Wheel of Meat so how many actors did they hire for that uh promotion holy crow it sounded like uh, the wheel of uh, that other show on the tv that i probably can't mention in fear of infringing on their trademark